0: Corner three podcast weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati check us out at the 3.net hey guys how we doing welcome to the second installment of here come the young guts the corner threes NBA draft history show where we go through the drafts of, of, of the NBA past and we tell you our thoughts on it and who we take in other places Tim Dander here coming off a very successful episode one with my man Ben Brown Ben welcome back for episode two how are you
1: Doing wonderful, man. Doing absolutely wonderful. How about yourself?
0: I am great, man. So I'm really enjoying this. We had a good stretch here at the '84 draft, breaking everything down and giving our having our Michael Jordan love fest, and now we get to talk another loaded draft, the 1996 NBA draft. One of my very first ones I remember as a kid. Um, just top to bottom, great players in and out. Uh, a lot of you know interesting players coming from interesting places. Uh, coming off, you know, the Kentucky Wildcats winning the title that year with a loaded team of guys like Tony Delk, Antoine Walker, and Walter McCarthy all in this draft. Uh, UMass with Marcus Camby. And then some great guards, you know, by the names of Iverson, Allen, and Bryant, and Nash. Mm. So, I don't know if we have enough to talk about in this draft.
1: Man, shoot. We, this may be a the first 2 hour podcast this thing, is, <laughs> this thing is loaded man it is absolutely loaded with star power and i cannot wait to dive into it
0: yeah man so let's dive into that indeed so the year before michael jordan has his first full season in his return from baseball wins the mvp the bulls win 72 games they win the nba title in a 6 game series against the sonics the lottery comes through the philadelphia 76ers win um, the lottery there's a lot of great guys they can look at there for players so let's go back to this this class in general before the draft um you know obviously Iverson was the name everyone was talking about the historic Yukon Georgetown game when Iverson and Ray Allen were just setting the world on fire uh, mm-hmm. back and forth in college was that was that uh, march was that a couple of weeks before what do you remember about this class coming in? Because this is a lot of college talent, a little high school talent, and obviously guys like Petra Stoyakovich and a lot of, like, you know, lethal talent of uh, overseas.
1: Right. Um, what I remember about this draft is that um, I remember Iverson, I remember Canby, I remember Ray Allen. But, you know, I'm a Kentucky guy. So, you know, I'm looking at, you know, uh, Tony Delk, Walter McCarty, you know, coming off the national championship, Antoine Walker. Those are guys I know. But then you're also seeing that first little bit of international and high school guys. So you have guys like they're talking about a kid out of Philly, Kobe Bryant. They're also talking about a big man named Jermaine O'Neill. So uh, you're getting to see a lot of that as well. So. I mean, you remember those guys, and you remember that it, it was just a lot of people, and it was a lot of teams ready to pick some great players. And, they, and you know, it was kind of one of those things where everybody was really excited about who was coming out. Um, the feel it was a lot of electricity, so it was good.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, obviously, you know, just the talent, you know, like, as we mentioned already, top to bottom was just stacked, um, you know. Probably the those two of the three best drafts of all. I mean, probably the second to third, the top three greatest drafts of all time, along with '84 and 03, which will be our next episode. Spoiler alert. Um, so, <laughs> just was like so interesting dynamic there. So, um, you know, Philly has the first pick uh, going into this. You know, after the, after everything comes uh, comes and goes, and you know, the reports you're hearing then are a lot about like guys like Marbury and Allen and now Iverson, obviously being in that discussion. So. You know, at what point did you kind of get that feeling? Because we're looking. This is probably what your senior year of high school, freshman year of college.
1: Yeah, yeah. Going into my senior year, this was going into my senior year, and the talk was um, people were people were talking more about Marcus Canby um, and Ray Allen than they were Iverson, only because of Iverson's off the field issues. Um, if I, I mean, he had some issues. Um, going on as far as with uh, I think he had a uh, marijuana conviction. I think there's some other things going on. So he had some off the field things where people were still kind of um, kind of iffy on him. But then he had gone to Georgetown um, for that one year with John Thompson and John Thompson gave him the glowing seal of approval on top of the fact that um, it was no denying his court presence and his court ability to play the game. So, um, can Iverson Marbury and Ray Allen were the four that people were really talking about going into that giant.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously affiliate ends up going with Iverson and obviously the right pick, um, mm. you know, you, you didn't see many guys that were obviously, you know, there were guys, there were great guards in the league at that time, the Jordans, the Paytons, um, you know, got so many you could have named there. Like, um, and he really steps in and fits in immediately. Like mm-hmm. like he knew, like he had no business playing at Georgetown in that time frame, man. Like he was NBA ready and he was mm-hmm. so dynamic. He could dish the ball the way he wanted to. He could shoot from all over the court. Um, and, you know, obviously in Georgetown, uh, the one thing that was so cool about John Thompson is his offense was, let's give Allen the ball. And let's see what Allen can do. And
1: yes, and he made he made no qualms about that either. Like it was a known fact.
0: Yeah. So obviously we can talk about Iverson forever in this draft. Let's go ahead and go look at some other guys here. Um, let's talk about the kid from Brooklyn, from Coney Island. Obviously he played a year Georgia Tech. Stephon Marbury um, mm-hmm. wasn't as common at this point of guys leaving after a year in college. But Marbury had a, just was you know unbelievable at Georgia Tech. They were such a good basketball team that year. He was leading the way. They were making things happen in the court that you didn't really see. We're very good at that fast break. And, you know, you really saw, like, that translate to those great Phoenix scenes that he had with D'Antoni when they ran that, like, three-pass-and-go routine, and they ran a lot of high ball screens with Marbury. And, like, their, their job there looked like was get him in space so he can see what he can do. And he passed every test they gave him with flying colors.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He – Marbury was a special guard. Um, he did some amazing things. Uh, the thing about Marbury that was really cool was that um, he was that first guy to me, kind of like a Russell Westbrook. Like he was going to force that issue and he was going to press. I mean, he was going to make defenses, make bad decisions by getting down the court and just going right at them. He, and for his size, I mean, he's another small guard. That played. I mean, he was six two and played like he was six six. I mean, he was just he would just go at people. But again, like we said, guy was from Coney Island. He's a New York guy and he played that New York style—just tough and gritty uh, and in your face. Uh, and he was a great player for Georgia Tech and also, of course, in the NBA.
0: He kind of had that like ruck. He kind of was like one of the first guys to like, bring that like Rucker Park method to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And you saw like his New York influence how he played. Um, obviously, the pick after him, the Bucks are fortunate enough by trade to get Ray Allen. Um, but we knew him shortly after as Jesus Shuttlesworth, obviously. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Gosh, Ray Allen, one of my all-time favorite players. You know, but just he was, you know, the ultimate weapon from beyond the arc. And people always remember him as this great three-point shooter, which he was, obviously. I mean, he's, you know, right now until Steph Curry keeps hitting threes, the way right he is. Ray Allen is the best three-point shooter of all time.
1: Yes, for right he now. is.
0: Um, But people don't seem to remember the Ray Allen that we do coming out of Connecticut just dunking on people and showing his ups and, Mm -hmm. you know, his ball skills that were so dynamic and the things he could do whenever, you know, he was was not a guy that you wanted to have one-on-one, didn't have protection behind you on the defense by any means.
1: Oh, no, not at all. Ray Allen was a guy at UConn and even earlier in the league, I mean, he would attack the rim with a vengeance. Now that's not saying that he didn't have a, a killer shot then, but Ray Allen, if you, if you were caught sleeping under the goal, he would catch you and embarrass you in front of everybody because he was that guy that could attack and get to the rim uh, as easy as anybody else. Like you said, his ball skills, his shooting, and, and his ability to attack the goal made him a special player.
0: Yeah, and then obviously at this point, too, I mean, right after him is Antoine Walker, who we, growing up where we did in, in Kentucky, remember him just being this awesome player in college, which he was, which he was very good there, and mm-hmm. then he goes to the NBA, and obviously plays a lot of great years with the Celtics, was super good there when they were not good. He was, mm-hmm. you know, him, and then Pierce, always started putting that, like, foundation together for what ended up being this great Celtics run they've had, you know, minus a few years here and there these past decade. Um, Walker was just so good at the four, could stretch the ball, could, could hit you know hit from the corner, um, could dunk on people. He was in really great shape, if you remember, um, mm-hmm. which is so fast. And Obviously, his title he won, unfortunately, was not in Boston. He goes to Miami. He wins with D. Wade when D. Wade was the greatest player on earth for Absolutely. five weeks there. Um, <laughs> God, he was unbelievable.
1: He and, was. And
0: uh Twan is a part of that team with him and Shaq and so on. So many great players there. But Twani was a guy that had a very good career. And a lot of people like to talk about his downfall. But if you ignore his downfall and you look at who he was on the court, he was so good and so dynamic.
1: Absolutely. The guy averaged 17-7 and seven in the league. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was a huckleberry. I mean, he he could go out there and get, get buckets. Like you said, he was one of those first stretch fours. Um, kind of his downfall was probably um, coaching. I mean, I believe Rick Pitino made his way to the NBA when he was there mm-hmm. for Boston, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I don't think that served him any, any justice because I don't think that they put the right team around them. Uh, but Antoine Walker was a guy that could play and played well. Um, he could kind of do it all <clears throat> at the four spot, and he could he could dominate a game if he got to a groove. So, uh, I mean, I, like you said, I know a lot of people look at his downfalls and some things he's done outside of the league, but as, for, as far as being on that floor, he he uh, gave it all for the Boston Boston Celtics and played really well there.
0: He did, and if we you know we go to the rest of his top ten. Guys that, you know, had great had, had good careers and had good runs. They weren't, you know, just there for a cup of coffee. Uh, Lorenzen Wright, obviously, Kerry Kittle. Samaki Walker, who a lot of people remember for just being a bonehead, but was actually a pretty good ball player. Eric mm-hmm. DePierre, who uh, played for a lot of great years starting his time in Indiana, obviously, had some good runs in Golden State, was part of that Golden State team that was the eighth seed and beat the one seed in Mavericks. Absolutely. Um, and then you get to the bottom, there's, like, teenage – this team picks. I've seen number 13 mm-hmm. – um, there's this kid, the Hornets had the pick, and this obviously is traded for Velotti to the Lakers. There's this kid from Philadelphia, it's this high school player named Kobe Bryant, and yeah. he takes the world by storm at the McDonald's All American game. He is a very coveted high school recruit. Duke, Carolina are just begging to have this kid come play there. They're begging Dickie V's talking about him in the high school game, saying that Kobe Bryant's going to be a special player. Uh, then you start hearing the rumblings that, you know, just the year before, Kevin Garnett goes to the NBA out of high school, and Kobe's thinking, I can do that too. And then it happens. So what mm-hmm. do you remember about the, the leading to the drafts of Kobe Bryant?
1: Um, I remember uh, the year before that Garnett did it. And when Garnett did it, everybody was like, man, that's just a crazy move. He's a little, you know, he's a little kid playing in a grown man league. And he winds up actually playing and playing pretty well. Yeah. So when Kobe decides to do it, you're like, uh, I mean, you're kind of like, well, Garnett did it. You know, Garnett had some pretty good success. I mean, uh, maybe Kobe could do it. And then you start seeing him at the McDonald's All-American game. And you're seeing highlights. and You're like, man, like maybe, you know, maybe this kid ha- is on to something. So, you know, him making that decision was kind of eased. By Kevin Garnett making that decision first, so it was it was one of those things where once Kevin Garnett decided he was going to go, everybody saw that he could do it. There wasn't a whole shot, but it's one of those things where Kobe went, uh, but you could tell Kobe had something special from the games that you saw him play in high school.
0: Yeah, and that was a very vivid. And then you remember, like this first couple of years when he was in LA, um, they had just gotten Shaq. Um, he wasn't the Mamba yet. Like you know, he he definitely had to earn and work for that Mamba nickname uh, th- uh, th- that he he later was going by. Uh, really, had at really, his rookie year, only put about seven points a game. Uh, we obviously remember this '98 playoffs when he has the, when he has the chance to win the game. if He hit, had all the air balls, and then. Even though what this happened, being the guy he is that we all know as far as the work ethic that we read about, like he became just as you know the most one of the most dynamic players the league has ever seen. And I think it was those little failures that made him that made him pissed off to go and do those things.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I agree that he he has that Michael Jordan mentality where he was just bound and determined to be great. And I think that talent has a lot to do with that, but drive also has a lot to do with it. Um, I think once he had those little failures, like you said, I think those failures set him up to do great things. So uh, to see him become what he became for the Lakers um, and to see what he did for that franchise. You know that's a franchise that had just lost Magic Johnson, you know, to a diagnosis where, you know, technically they're thinking that Magic's gonna play forever. And Magic's gonna bring championships forever. So then you make a trade and you bring in Shaq. Which, you know, Shaq Shaq then, like I, you know, we had talked about before, was the most dominant player you know, the most dominant player that we had seen in our lifetime. I mean, of course we none of us were alive to see Wilt Chamberlain. None of us were alive to see anybody like that. But Shaq was the most dominant player. So then you bring Kobe to that franchise and his mentality and his winning mentality kind of changes the landscape of of Lakerville, pairing him with Shaq, and then you put guys around him like, you know, Eldon Campbell and other guys, you know, uh, another guy on this draft, Derek Fisher, um, you put those guys with him and and everything starts to fall into place. But Kobe's, you know, determination and his and his um, adage for winning uh, kind of changed that whole landscape of, of Laker land.
0: And then the next two picks after him, man, are like two other great NBA picks. If you remember that, like, early 2000s NBA um, Kobe mm-hmm. was very well known for beating the Sacramento Kings a lot mm-hmm. uh, yes they had a guy on their team by the name of Paige Stojakovic who was an incredible incredible NBA talent taken 14th mm-hmm. coming out of Greece and played in Yugoslavia for a little bit um, you know obviously did a lot of great things there and then also Canada's and the 15th pick uh, from out of Canada, the Phoenix Suns take a senior out of Santa Clara College by the name of Steve Nash. Oh, he only won two NBA MVPs in his career. He Man. was, and we you know one of the best magicians we've ever seen in the ball. One of the best players never won an NBA championship. So, you know, and obviously, those two guys end up having amazing careers, did a lot of great things.
1: Yes, absolutely, Peja. Um, Peja for those... Kings teams, and a lot of people, I'm not sure if they remember this or not, but man, that guy was deadly behind the three-point line and did some great things for those Kings teams. And those Kings teams, man, it, they're kind of like every other team that ran into the Bulls in the 90s. Yeah. Like, that, those Kings teams, man, were outstanding. Those were outstanding teams. I mean, Chris Webber, Lottie Divac, You you had Jason Williams, Jason Williams, and Mike Bibby. I mean, you had them both. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, and then they just run into just a dominant Laker team. I mean, it's just, you know. But Page Stoyakovich was was great on that team, Um, and then Steve Nash. I mean, at at fifteen, out of Santa Clara, what he was able to accomplish. You know, I mean, I couldn't imagine Steve Nash being, what, six one, six two. 6'2"? Yeah. Um, just a scrawny little kid out of Santa Clara. I mean, and he just comes in and, I mean, his years with the Suns um, and Amari Stoudemire, I mean, those two were the most dom- dominant duo right there. Up, I mean, up there was Shaq and Kobe, you know, when they were got together, Steve Nash put together some incredible years, incredible years with Phoenix. I mean, two MVPs. I mean, he was he was a dominant player, and he was fun to watch.
0: Yeah. So if we go through, the, I mean, if we go through this whole draft class, I mean, we're going to be talking here a while. But uh, point out some other guys that had great times. You mentioned Jermaine O'Neal. Also going to Portland was really good there, and then really found his niche in Indiana where he became a star. Uh, Walter McCarty, who was a really good role player in his NBA tenure, mm-hmm. uh, but the Knicks, the Celtics, he played for a whole like played a lot of tenure there. Uh, obviously, D. Fish, uh, you know, this was the Lakers starting their front court of the future with Kobe and uh, D. Mm-hmm. Fish, so that was a huge thing there. Uh, then you get to that second round, and you got guys like Malik Rose, who a lot of people remember being one of like the first Popovich Project players. That was just awesome. Yes. And, um, you know, even in this draft, we, we can't talk about this draft, I'll talk about some of the undrafted guys, man. Like a Chuck Yadkins coming out of South Florida who had a decent run in the <laughs> NBA. Um, yes. And, of course, big bad Ben Wallace who won an NBA championship, four defensive players of the Years, and really, really had to work his way into the league. Really
1: had to make a name for himself. Yes, Ben Wallace was, <clears throat> for a, for myself, an undersized center out of Boone County High School. To watch Ben Wallace play for the Detroit Pistons was, I mean, it was like heaven on earth for me. Because that guy, I mean, i never seen a guy outside of Dennis Rodman work so hard just to do the dirty work and little things. And he was so much fun to watch. I mean, he played defense on guys that were way bigger than him. Um, he dominated the paint. Um, he was just an integral part of that Detroit Pistons championship.
0: The team that beat Shaq. He, like, yes. We don't like Shaq had a great like Shaq had a really good finals. In that finals, like, when the Pistons beat him 4-1. to one. But, oh. like, Ben Wallace, like, really held his own with Shaq every night in that series. Obviously, the Pistons won by, like, bowling four games to one, which is very easy to say, like, how well they played. But, I don't think that series tells the story. Because if you watch Wallace, knowing every night that he is just outsized by a long shot against O'Neal. And having to battle mm-hmm. him. And he wasn't afraid, man. Obviously, I get he Sheed to go with him, but... Just everything he was able to do, man. Like, it makes you wonder if the like, guys really look back in this draft and say, I should have drafted that guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, their uh, GM and their team president deserve a lot of credit because, you know, you, you take a guy like Ben Wallace and he becomes a glue guy and leads you to a championship. I mean, that's, that's something special. You know
0: like, every GM has, like, that one good thing they do? <clears throat> like... That was Joe Dumar's best move was when he got those when he got those guys. Obviously getting, you know, bill ups and ripped didn't hurt and like stealing mm-hmm. Tayshawn at twenty second at the of the year they took him. But mm-hmm. finding Ben Wallace and really having Larry Brown like work with him to become the player he was in Detroit and just being super dynamic and then getting a really good Bulls contract that he was really bad with. Um, yep. I'm a little bitter about that one, but, um, just, you know, so Ben definitely deserves to be in this, you know, this, that discussion of man, could you imagine? Cause he played like, how many teams did he play for? He played for like, he was a bullet. He, he was, was a magic. A yep. Um, you know, obviously we know about Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, had a couple years with LeBron that a lot of people yeah. don't remember. I don't even know if LeBron remembers Ben Wallace playing there, to be honest with you.
1: Probably, probably not. Yeah. Probably doesn't.
0: Yeah, probably for the right reasons too. And then obviously he went back to Detroit to end his career. So this class is just so loaded, and like we didn't talk about guys like Tony Delk, who was like the SEC Player of the Year going through this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously had a few decent little decent runs as a role player in the NBA, playing for teams like Charlotte, Miami, and Boston.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which I'm pretty sure at that time frame, like every Kentucky player played for Charlotte, Miami, and Boston. And Boston, <laughs>
1: like Mash- Absolutely. Mashburn
0: was in Boston. And I'm pretty sure, actually, little known fact. I'm pretty sure Delk was the draft pick that was traded, because Charlotte traded Kendall Gill to Miami. I'm pretty mm-hmm. no, no. I got this. I got this backwards. No, because he, yeah, he left Seattle, went back to Charlotte, and Charlotte traded him. I appreciate sure that. That pick was Tony Delk because that was a that was Miami's first round pick originally.
1: Oh wow, that is a little known fact.
0: Yeah, huh. take that. Shout out to Kendall Gill. <laughs> Friend Shout of, out to Kendall Gill, friend of the Corner Three podcast, Kendall Gill. Very good, my guy. Got to come back on now that George Carl wrote about him in his angry book.
1: Oh man, that's another discussion. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh man, he is totally getting off my lawn, guy.
0: Man, who else can we yeah. highlight in this draft? God, just like so many good players. Um, um this, Z. there's a couple in here. Z, yeah. Oh my God! Like we talk talking about the Cavaliers and like the getting, you know. Z was, like, one of their, like, ultimate draft picks. And, like, they got him with the 21st pick that year. Um, I mean, we're not going to mention it with the Larry Nances, Mark Prices, and LeBrons by any stretch of the matter. But, hey, his numbers hung up there with those guys in, in the queue.
1: Absolutely. It sure is. I mean, he's he was a – I mean, I can't say that he was dominant. But, I mean, he he held his own there for, for – uh, held it down for Cleveland. Even when LeBron went away, he held it down for Cleveland.
0: Yeah, man. And then he went to Miami with him for a bit there.
1: He sure did.
0: Yeah. Oof.
1: Another one here is uh Sh- uh Sharif Rahim
0: That was the third pick. We haven't even talked about him.
1: I <laughs> know. Yeah, he was I mean that's a that's another eighteen he's another eighteen and seven guy out of uh University of California.
0: He was the recipient of the elbow pass, if I remember correctly. He was the guy that couldn't that, like got fouled before he could throw it down. Yes. Man. Yes, he was. The elbow pass. Yeah, an 18-7 guy, played in the Olympics, played in, was uh, part of the Sydney team that won the gold. Um,
1: yes, he was.
0: Had a trip to the All-Star game, all-rookie first team, you know, came out of the Pac-10 Player of the Year, was a Vancouver, not Memphis, Vancouver Grizzlies draft pick, coming out of Cal, holding it sure. down. Man, he was filthy, too.
1: Yeah. He was filthy. <laughs> he this, was a he was a good player
0: this draft is ridiculous
1: <laughs> it is Jerome Williams I mean, is.
0: played in the league for a long time
1: Kerry Kittles yeah Kerry Kittles he was a part of those great New Jersey uh, Nets teams with Jason Richardson Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin those teams that made a run at the East there for a little bit
0: yeah um, he was a 14 pointer a game too
1: Yes, he was.
0: But I think when we do a repick, he probably is not going to be in my top ten. If I have to be honest.
1: Yeah, when we do our repick here, yeah, <laughs> he would he would probably fall out of the top ten. There are a lot of good players not in the top ten, and then probably if you repicked it, um, would end up in the top ten.
0: Yeah,
1: Lorenzo I... Lorenzo right out of Memphis at the seven pick.
0: <clears throat> yeah, man. Had a good career.
1: Yes, he did. 13 years.
0: 7-6 and six guy off the bench. Also played with LeBron James in Cleveland in that first stint. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, he sure did, didn't he? Yeah. Wow. I that's a, see, that's a podcast we need to have. He who, <laughs> was who played with LeBron James in Cleveland, first and second stint.
0: Antoine Jameson will be like one of my first ones. I name. I name. <laughs> All oh, right, man. You ready to do this?
1: Absolutely, man. Let's do it.
0: All right, so it's only fair that with the '84 draft, you got the first pick, so I get the '96 first pick. And Absolutely. There is no world to me that exists where the Philadelphia seventy sixers do not have Allen Iverson. Um, obviously, what he became the '01 MVP, where he literally by himself and his six one self took the sixers to the finals to face the Lakers and lost in five or the only team that had the Lakers and lost in that postseason was just unbelievable it could do everything um so I'm gonna keep that as is and obviously without Iverson going to the sixers we don't get this sweet uh, rebox known as the question ones mm-hmm. so just for that sake Allen Iverson will still be the number one pick to the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: Absolutely. He has to be. There's there's no way that you could actually change that history. Like, that's just him being a 76er is the only way it needs to be. Um, second pick, I think I would move Marcus Canby, even though I like Marcus Canby, but I think Sharif Abdul Rahim may be my number two in Toronto. Ooh. I love like that. He may that. be my number two in, in Toronto.
0: Okay, I can get behind that. So, you take Sharif Abdurahim there, which means they're really going to need a forward. And I really love Marcus Camby in the league. I loved him at UMass. Um, Mm -hmm. But I still think there, and I think this would be where a lot of people would still disagree. um, I would not take him there, man. I would go with twenty at number three. Uh, Vancouver really needed a forward at that time. Um, they were really trying to get like a player they could really like mold and like build their team around, and Antoine Walker could have been that guy there. I think you know his career was just dynamic; it was awesome. So yeah, Antoine Walker goes three for me to Vancouver.
1: I agree with that one hundred percent. I think Antoine Walker would have fit there really well. He'd have fit there really well. So we're up to number four pick, and that would be Milwaukee.
0: Which say traded to Minnesota because that Which was from for the market for Real Minnesota.
1: and Salah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm Minnesota four, I I gotta I gotta pair Kevin Garnett with Kobe Bean Bryant. Nice. Got to stole my pick. I mean, I think yeah, I I think that Kobe. You put Kobe there with a Kevin Garnett. I think that um, you kind of get that. Shaq and Kobe kind of feel um, because Garnett at the time was starting to mold himself into a great player. And then you add Kobe with it. Now, the only bad part is Kobe may would have had to do more his rookie year, which would have put a lot more on him, but he still, I think, would have became a great player. So I would have put Kobe there with, at that Minnesota pick at four.
0: Man, Marcus Cambry and Stefan Mari do not like us right now.
1: I know. I, know, I hope <laughs> they know. I hope they hear this, and I hope it's like I hope there's no hard feelings.
0: Yeah, th- not at all. Stephon <laughs> Marbury might hear this in China at like two in the afternoon.
1: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> all right, that brings me to number five. I'm going to keep it again here, man. Ray Allen stays there for me in the Milwaukee pick. Um, obviously, we know he's leaving in a few years, but um, he is you know, the most dynamic player on the board at this point, and that includes Marcus Camby. That includes Stephon Marbury. In this in this redo, Ray Allen stays there. He goes to Minnesota. I mean, he goes to Milwaukee and really establishes his name. Um, and maybe you know, before he goes and goes to big do big things in Seattle.
1: Absolutely. Were well, we up to six with Boston?
0: Yeah, man. it was Antoine Walker, will, which we put at th- uh, three.
1: Which we put at three. Um, for their need, they would need a big man. I would have to move. I'd have to put our boy Canby back there at six with Boston. Okay. So instead of being the two, being the six, he becomes their power forward guy there. Um, And I think he'd be a good fit there.
0: I can get behind that. So at seven, this is where the Clippers originally took Lorenzen Wright, who we mentioned had a very good career in the league. I tell Mm -hmm. you what, man, I'm going to make a spark here. I think there the Clippers could have really used a young center to build around by the name of Jermaine O'Neal. I think that Jermaine O'Neal could have gone to the Clippers there and really been a big-time franchise player for them.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, Jermaine O'Neal had a huge impact uh, when he was drafted to Portland. I mean, that first year was rough, but after that, I mean, he, he had some pretty outstanding years there at Portland. So I think if he goes to the Clippers, he does the same thing for them. I definitely agree with that pick. That's a good pick.
0: Yeah, man. So now we have the. Did the Nets take Carrie Kittles at eight, then.
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I like Carrie Kittles, uh, but I like Paige Stoyakovich more. If you pair if you pair a shooter with Jason Kidd there, um, and you have Richard Jefferson, you got and you have Kenyon Martin, and then you pair a Paige Stoyakovich there. Who's a uh, dead range shooter and a guy that, that that gives you similar things that Kerry Kittles does? I like I like Stoyakovich there at eight.
0: Yeah, so I got nine with Dallas. I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I mean, it's gonna happen in a couple of years anyway. I'm taking Steve Nash there.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was shaking my head. I knew you were gonna go there. <laughs> I mean, it
0: just makes sense. You you know you're already building something there. You've got Mashburn there. Jason Kidd's about to leave. Uh, so, you know, Jason Kidd's about been moved to Phoenix at this point. You need a point guard. There you go. Steve Nash walking right in.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That 10th pick, pick. Your Pacers. My Pacers. My Indiana Pacers. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them pair uh, Marbury with Reggie Miller. Oh. I think that I think that could have been pretty outstanding. And that team was kind of building – um that ninety six year they were kind of building something special there. So I'd have liked to have seen that and add Stefan to that mix with Reggie Miller. Um I believe Deltliff Shrimp was still there and the Duncan Dutchman was still there. So you pair those with this with a with a dynamic player like Stefan Marbury at ten and, and you got something special.
0: Man, we have a we let, this is a deep draft. Let's keep this going. You wanna keep this
1: going? Oh yeah, absolutely. You got eleven.
0: Yeah, eleven? <laughs> Golden State, they get this pick from Orlando and Washington. This was that moved around pick a lot. I go, hmm, hmm, hmm. I go Z. I think that Z goes to Golden State and rewrites, the, you know, his his whole career. He's a you know a big man. He's a dunker. He'll fight for boards. He's a good free throw shooter, which you didn't see from a lot of big men at this point. Uh, the Lakers just got Shaq. Uh, not that he is Shaq by any stretch of the matter, but just an mm-hmm. eye that can go out there and an extra body as the West is moving towards all these big men, and Seattle just coming off winning in the West, and Malone and Stockton really stocking up to make a run in Utah coming up. I think you put Z there, and he could have been and made a really good run for that 11th pick.
1: Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's a good pick. Uh, let's see here. We're at 12 with Cleveland. Hmm. I think I'd have to give Cleveland Derek Fisher. Um, I think he'd have been a kind of a uh, stabilizing force. The guy, I mean, he did it for years uh, for the Lakers. I mean, I know the Lakers had a lot of talent, but Derek Fisher was kind of the guy that had the, got the train rolling. So I think Derek Fisher there with the, with the Cavaliers would be a good pick.
0: Yeah, man. So that means we're going to round out here at 13. The Hornets have this pick, obviously. At this case Kobe's off the board, so this probably isn't traded to the Lakers. Um, they don't have so that means they don't have Lottie Divok. And I think some scout there might see something in this Ben Wallace guy to take him there. To really keep mm. that Charlotte Hornets big men thing going with Zoe. Obviously leaving a little bit before to Miami. And they need to have someone that comes in there and gets some boards and fights and does the dirty work. So I think Ben Wallace could have gone there. He maybe you know, this is obviously what he turned into. Maybe this would not would have been what it was then by a stretch of the matter, but I'll take Big Bad Ben to the lottery there.
1: I like it. I like it. Good pick.
0: Yeah, man. Very good pick. Oof. So.
1: What a deep draft, man.
0: What a deep draft. We have the O three one to do still. I know. <laughs> like that's like God. That's gonna be crazy. So maybe no one would have taken Ben Wallace at thirteen like we did there. And if it was this if this gets out to the internet, people might kill me for that. But. I, I like this is fun. This is what this is. Oh yeah.
1: Absolutely, man. It, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, and and uh, it may not have ended up the way they wanted it, but it ended up the way we wanted it. So, yeah, this and that's all that matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, with that being said, we're going to wrap up this edition of Here Come the Young Guns. Our next episode, guys, date ready. We're going to go to the 03 draft. A draft that consisted of LeBron, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, David West. It's going to be a deep draft. I can't wait to talk about it. Ben, this is fun as always. Always a pleasure, my friend.
1: Absolutely, my friend. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.